0: Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH.
1: So welcome, Susan Winter. We love talking to our internationally recognized love coach and best-selling author. We feel like we get like sneaky little tips from her. Totally. Um, So today we have a bunch of questions for her and they are how to ask the questions that you don't want to ask when you're dating, but also maybe how to answer those questions if you're on the other side of it.
0: So, And, And to preface also like to how to ask the questions you don't want to ask, but you have to.
1: Oh, yeah. These are the conversations you you have
0: to have, right. You should. Right. So thank you for being with us, Susan. So excited to talk to you about this.
2: Love you guys. I feel like we're just in your living room chatting, just like a bunch of girls. This is fabulous. That's exactly what it should be. The fact that we're encouraging other women to have these conversations and to feel connected to this community is wonderful. It's a great resource.
0: It's so important. So let's, I mean, there's really the, the whole you know, kind of theme of this uh, topic is really like, it's the awkward conversation. So there's no really great way to jump in. So let's just jump in, right? We're talking about things like asking people that you have met, you know, their status with having been tested for COVID, their status with having been tested for herpes and all of the other battery of tests, the standard um, sexually transmitted infections questions. All of the things that you don't want to ask, but that you kind of have to ask if you're going to start dating someone in order to be careful for yourself, right? You don't want to be one of those people who doesn't say something and you're not that careful. And the next thing you know, something happens that changes your life.
2: So I know COVID is almost easier because it's so, the, the death, the destruction, everybody knows somebody who had somebody right there's Um, no stigma these days i don't think and and so the way you may want to say it so that you don't sound like a stick in the mud but i mean some people are very aware of the fact that they need to say something and they kind of feel embarrassed not that they're paranoid but they're they're concerned and they think maybe it looks like they're uncool or that they're rigid and that that right. when you're first dating that you're giving somebody this, oh, I'm uptight vibe and you wanna be comfortable and casual. So in a case like that, I would pick realistically a family member or somebody that you need to see who has a compromised system and say, look, um, I have to ask this, I really wanna date. I'd like to get to know you better. I have a mother that I visit twice a week and she is not doing well. I've had to be careful about my pod and my contacts. I do want to date. So I just need to know where you stand on that and your level of exposure to other people. You know, it's not necessarily like we're all out there at a party. It's just, you know, what are you exposed to? Because I've got to now protect somebody beside myself.
0: That's actually a great idea. Pawn it off on someone else, make it their fault.
2: (laughs) I kind of do this all
0: the time. So
1: so me being a little bit of a skeptic, do you ask for proof if they've been tested? Because you just met this person, they could totally be lying to you because they just want to hook up with you or whatever they want out of it. They're like, oh yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. And then maybe they're not being honest. So do you have to push that question back? Okay, cool when were you tested? Can I see those test
0: results? Is that something, you know? Or if you're making a date for the following week, are you saying, okay, we're both gonna get tested on Tuesday so before like a joint, we meet on Friday? How do you, what Susan, what's your opinion on that?
2: Uh, I never personally have known somebody, a client or a friend to say, show me your test results. I'm not saying that that isn't a smart idea But most people I know just have the conversation and want to see the reaction of the person they're with to see how intrusive is is this? Meaning if they rail and like, oh, I don't believe in that. That's like, okay, I'm taking that as you take no precautions whatsoever. So that's already told me something about your disposition. I don't think I would need to say, show me your test results but maybe that I, I don't personally feel that way, but this is every single individual has to make this decision for themselves, right. for their family members, for their own comfort level. I'm not diabetic. I don't have a heart condition. But then again, we have people here who have this thing called valley fever. I'm in the Southwest in the in the wintertime. And it's something from the spores that get kicked up. Now, a lot of people have ended up with horrible COVID. They're quiet people. They do a small job, but it, they, they had valley fever that kicked off the COVID and like flattened in ten days in the hospital and are still trying to recover. So you know we we all have to be exceedingly careful. I personally would not need to see paperwork, but I would need to see the person's disposition around my question. Well, so that's your such body a- language.
0: And and there was someone that I went on a date with, and we had had this conversation, and um, and I think I had maybe just gotten tested. I think what I I think because I had ended up having th with uh, th. I had Thanksgiving with th, and um and we were in a group that included her boyfriend's dad and his wife, etc. So um so I did get tested and I and I had my son get tested before we went so anyway I was having this conversation with this guy and I think I was mentioning like I had just gotten tested and so we were having that conversation and what he told me Susan is very similar to what you just said like that he wants to see people's reactions to the conversation but based on their reactions that's how he determines if he does ask them to see the results so he said to me he did not feel compelled to have to ask me to see mine and i was like i'm happy to show them to you because i had them but he was saying but that's part of it like i can tell that you are being honest about the conversation and whatever, and I, and I don't necessarily feel like I'd have to ask you to see them. Or maybe his normal MO was he usually asks, but based on my, on the conversation with me, he didn't feel like he needed to. <laughs> but that's, that's an interesting thing. Like, because the problem is that you're trying to use your intuition with A, a stranger, B, someone that you can't, you're not in the same room with. So you're only looking at whatever you can see for their reaction and their body language through a screen. So. I I don't know, can you trust your gut with someone that's literally a virtual stranger that you're looking at on a screen? Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of normalcy to say, like, I'd like to see your results. I mean, it's not like they could be like, why, you don't trust me? Like, no, I don't fucking trust you. I just met you online, we never even met.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that, that, you know, there's such a wide variety. Um, The same lady that I know that got very, very sick, uh, she and I went out to dinner before I left Arizona last year to go back to New York. And we were sitting outside at a socially distanced restaurant. And I heard all this noise and drinking and laughing and they were under an outside tent area. They were like this. And I'm like, really? Really? So, you know, I think The disposition of a person shows you how they live their life and where their own boundaries lie. And that tells you a lot about these difficult questions that you're going to be asking. This man sounded like he had self-restraint and was thrilled with the fact that you did as well and that you were conscientious. So that shows me that- I don't know if self-restraint is a
0: characteristic I would add on my list for myself, but okay. (laughs) Uh, okay. Take the compliment.
1: COVID stuff is take the compliment yes
0: right. yeah yeah um so that conversation then also still goes into because i think that people also wonder particularly covid wise because you're already having like you know you're apprehensive about how close are you going to get to someone mm-hmm. and and because dating and the patterns of dating are so different and i think i don't want to use the word expectations but the the uh, you know how quick someone is going to move with someone sexually and how fast it's going to you know take for someone to start hooking up together brings into play this conversation about have you been tested for sexually transmitted diseases or infections whatever it is that you want to call them which is always a really awkward conversation to have yeah. and when do you have that conversation because do you have it so early on that you're like giving the other person time to go and get tested if, and when that time comes, you don't want to wait till you're already in bed. Like, Oh wait, by the way. There right. Cause then it's, that's there not you go. Appropriate at all. Right. I'm under so, the mattress. <laughs> so, so at what point is that an appropriate conversation? Cause you also don't want to bring it up too soon. And then you're like coming off like a total slut. Like you're just, you where do you, where does that fit in?
2: I think nowadays, as people, well, this is hoping that they wait at least one meeting or two meetings. But <laughs> okay, as, we'll give you two dates. <laughs> like, uh, uh, as, you, as you anticipate that you may be sleeping with this person, that would be the time to volunteer this information. By the way, you know, I have been tested and I'm, I've only had X amount of partners and that was led in this time period and then I was tested. I haven't had partners since then. You'd be the first person I've been with in a while due to COVID, whatever. Um, So I know that I am STD free or STI free. Um, But if you would prefer, I think it's a question that you have to have before you get involved in sleeping with each other, because you also need to know I mean, it's the condom question too, like yeah. chilling, the condoms and, and uh, having children and and where are we going with this? These are better discussed before you hit the sheets. Yes. Not later.
1: So would it be, I mean, I definitely don't always practice what I preach, but let's just say <laughs> I do. You, you really like this guy and everything's going great. It's always uncomfortable to have that conversation no matter what. And then
2: the
0: testing conversation or the will you wear a condom conversation?
2: Oh, the will you wear a condom uh, Well, you
0: can just pull out the food. condom and say
2: yeah, you just got to have it. And but, you know, here's the thing. If they don't, if they don't have one with you, and I know this is I don't know what's up with European men just don't want to use condoms. I don't know, maybe American sure. I don't think it's just one.
0: European men.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry you can't feel what you want to feel. I don't wanna die for you. I mean if I'm like, <laughs> Honest to God, you know. And I don't
1: want to birth any more children, right.
2: (laughs) Really. So I think a lady should always have her own, if she's actively dating, have condoms Mm -hmm. in her purse or by her nightstand. Not like she hands them out for candy, but just say, I protect myself. I I believe in having a condom. And if this goes further and we're to be a couple and and we decide on exclusivity, then we can get jointly tested. And if the trust is there, we can eliminate this or whatever. Now, you ladies are still, you know, you don't want children. You maybe yeah. Be I sure don't. <laughs> you're on the pill or you're not on the pill, um, because as far as having children, uh, that discussion should be really early on. It should be in your profile. It should be in your first couple of dates. Right, right. What you're looking for, so that nobody's fooled. I mean, you don't want to be dating a guy wanting children, saying, you know. Um, I'm 29. I'd really like to uh, have children someday. And the guy goes, well, I had a vasectomy. So, you know, it's, it's something that shit out of luck. Yeah. yeah. Jessica told me just
1: um, tell um, Susan and everybody listening about herpes profile on the dating.
0: I will say that I have seen um, as I've been on some of the apps that some men will write right in their profiles that they are herpes positive, positive. And one guy even wrote it to the point where he said something like, um, like you gotta give me a little credit for just putting it out there. And I really, and I really have, that's kind of how I felt. Like for yeah. me, I don't think I'm interested, but I feel like good for you that you are putting it out there because you're being upfront about it and you're not like beating around the bush. And frankly, that's, also has to be a very awkward conversation, which was kind of the next place that I wanted to go if you already have something. Um, But I will also say that I have two women friends who have gone on dates with guys. I don't think that the guys had necessarily written it into their profiles, but I know two women who have gone on dates with men and the men have disclosed that they had herpes and these women did have sex with them with condoms. Um, and, but like knowingly, which again, to each their own. So I I guess it was nice to know, nice for the guys to know, or nice for anyone out there listening to know that even if you have something, there are people, like not everybody's turned off by that. Like there are plenty of sexual partners to be had as long as you disclose it. And as long as you're honest in the very beginning, the scary thing is on the flip side of that, I also know someone who really had not had many sexual partners and was always super careful about having sex. And literally one time dating, you know, in the last few months, had sex with a guy, didn't wear a condom, and now tested positive for herpes. And she doesn't know exactly, you know, I mean, evidently it can be dormant for years. So really the question is kind of like, where to, but, you know, it's one of those things like, you have to just disclose where you're coming from. And these are conversations you have to have in the beginning. And you have to have respect for people who have things that then have the balls to disclose it. Because that's got to be a really tough conversation
1: Sumbling, to have. Yeah, embarrassing yeah. conversation. Right.
2: I had a colleague. Um, <laughs> she used to sleep with stars. Oh, and she yeah. got Starfucker. We know that. those.
1: Wait, what did you call them?
2: Starfucker. Well, Starfucker. Yeah. Star okay. Right. And okay. she, and I, I was one which Musician it was, but very popular in the 80s. And she slept with him and got it from him. Mm-hmm. But herpes, what a bummer. I look at everyone 50 and over and think, you got herpes. I just start with you have Why? Herpes. Because this was the no condom generation. The Woodstock generation didn't use condoms. Remember, women were on the pill
0: wow and this
2: is when herpes it had its prevalence. you know the her the herpes capital of the world it uh, the villages it's sea. it's an enormous northern florida old peoples like senior citizen like active senior citizen environment it's it makes who them, knew? It, it i make,
1: heard sexually transmitted infections are, have been on the upswing in up during pandemic living centers and stuff like that
2: especially herpes so this generation had herpes i mean it, and and i don't know what it was in california too there is not one woman i've met with a man 48 or older who doesn't tell me then that she discovered that he had herpes they he oh. found it three months in but don't worry i've lived with it for years i know how to so between california guys that are older and older men i look at you like i know you've got herpes you proved to me you don't that's Uh, just the way
0: okay so can we just say to everyone listening listen to susan because... because you have to be so careful you have to protect yourself you have to make sure that you're taking all of the necessary precautions for yourself so that you don't end up in that situation. I I have heard that just during the last year, during the pandemic, that sexually transmitted infections have been on the rise. And I think part of it is because I think people have been so much more focused on the COVID conversation and less focused on the um, wearing condoms, sexually transmitted infections conversation and therefore have left themselves very vulnerable and open to getting other things. But it, it, this, it's like, it's sort of shocking to me that, that that the idea would be that the assumption is everyone over 50 has herpes. And like, oh my God, everybody needs to look. No, but I think that everybody needs to look at that and hear you and like really let that sink in and think about it. Like that, protect
1: yourself. Like it's and not- edu- And her- educate yourself. Talk to your doctor so that you understand what does that mean? What should I do? What should I not do? You have to be armed with information and, and really educate yourself. Don't be a naive player here because you could potentially be the one getting hurt.
2: Right. It's just that it isn't necessarily you. It's the people that are sleeping with the person that you're with because remember the Woodstock generation. So people now 65 and older, that's why all these senior citizens homes are having this flurry. Of, of herpes because that was the thing. Women were on the pill so guys didn't have to wear condoms. The condoms really came in mid to late 80s because of AIDS. Now you, we all started wearing them. And then when we all thought we were safe from diseases, the millennials started having hookups. The STDs went through the roof and keep multiplying. And so this is a very big deal. now there are a number of resources you can use. There are at home tests. There is a thing called let's get tested. You can test for any one of these things at home, send it out, it's private, nobody sees it. And then you get the results back and and they're actually very good. And there are even herpes positive dating sites because this girl who got the herpes, then always had to have that discussion with every guy that she was with. That's right. She had had long-term partners. And of course it goes more into remission, but every once in a while she'd get a flare up and she would have to tell them so she went on a herpes positive site and then she said oh god there are a bunch of horrible people there I don't want to be there so she now lives in the villages so she's you know with everybody she's gonna be fine right so
0: (laughs) but you know it's interesting that like that 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 may it may have stemmed because that was sort of the generation because women were on the pill but what I think is interesting as we get to a certain age in our lives that then men who are in there I don't know I would say maybe somewhere like mid-40s and above who've decided that they don't want to have any more kids and now will go and get a vasectomy and so then they think that they don't have to wear a condom anymore right and you're like hello right it's that that just it's not just about getting pregnant that is obviously a concern but like you still have to protect yourself for all of the other things. And I just think that sometimes guys are really like focused on, okay, well, am I going to get them pregnant or not? And not necessarily worried about the bigger
1: risks. But a woman can do that too. Like if you've had your tubes tied and you know you're not going to get pregnant. Yeah, but I don't think that women are running out and getting their
0: tubes tied as quickly and as easily as men
1: are getting vasectomies. It's very easy to go do that, but it could go both ways, You know,
2: just in terms of being negligent. What were you going to say, Susan? Well, I was wondering, you're talking about vasectomies. Those were kind of rare. Are you seeing an increase? Yeah, I
0: think so. I think definitely. I think
2: it's like, you know what? I paid out my first marriage, I'm not paying out done and don't I think want that kid.
0: yeah they don't want kids and maybe are also at at, at at an age or whatever and are like and I don't want to wear condoms. condom so here is like the answer to my issues I don't have to wear a condom because I don't have to worry about getting someone pregnant and they don't have to worry then also like what age range they're dating in because even if the women could get pregnant if they're dating someone in their 30s or below you know they don't have they to worry about their it kid. so I, I would say I definitely have spoken to a number of guys in that, like I said, kind of like mid forties and above range that have had vasectomies or have like talked about actively wanting to get vasectomies, and and it has been surprising for me.
1: There's a guy I know whose kids are already in college and stuff, but he's on a tear dating, and he just went last week. Yeah, like they just you don't, don't want to worry about getting it. someone
0: pregnant. That's right anything else so and kids, they don't want to be 75 old. when their kid is 20.
2: Not only right. that, I mean look like at the, the, the celebrity implications because now you've got child support they can date right. a exactly. old three-year-old girl and lose their mind and now she can't trap them with the baby right That's how right right, right. right. That's you've already anything. paid
1: your child support you right. already need your divorce agreement this ain't my kid right yep. totally yep. oh my god all right girls we got <laughs> love this. We, no, I, I know, I, I there's so much know, more.
2: I really, I, I don't want everybody to think that everybody over 50 has an STD. <laughs> 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 there are I disclaimers
1: all. all over this <laughs> podcast.
2: Fortunately, <laughs> I don't date older men, so I will have to ask them different right. questions, but I look at my age group, and I know the way they lived, and I know that that was the thing for us, and Fair so enough. then I have to ask were I to be so generous and so inclined to date a man my age, <laughs> I would have to ask him that question.
0: Yeah, I, it's definitely, I, yeah, it's weird, but it has to be asked. And it, and the whole topic is so is so important. And I think that it's great that we were able to have fun with it here. And we'll have to continue doing that because it is an ongoing conversation for people to be able to actually get comfortable with it and understand that they, they you know, you can't not bring it up. Can't it's your life. It That's right.
2: There's another way to state it that isn't so uncomfortable for you. I like to take things from the philosophical and you can throw out there on the second or third date. You know, I know that people hook up. I know there's a lot of sexuality that goes on now with COVID with everything else. I have decided that, you know, if I'm going to partner with somebody, it looks like it's going somewhere. I think the smartest thing is just get that all taken care of. Show my results, it's all cool, it's all good, and then nobody has to worry about anything. And you can say it in passing, like right, whatever.
1: That's great, Tim. That is great. It's it like
2: a conversation piece. piece. And move on. Oh, how right. how's how your bagel? Whatever. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, you not want
1: that toasted
2: <laughs> a little more. <laughs> how's your virtual bagel? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you're right. I mean, cause that, right, that's really, it's all about trying to like, you have to acknowledge the awkwardness of it or you have yeah. to just kind of like work it into the conversation. Like it's no big deal because when you make it into no big deal, then it's no big deal for them either. But it's right. like, listen, you're expressing the fact that you respect yourself and your body enough to care and to have the conversation. And that's the important part. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. We'll wrap it up there. Susan, for people that want to reach out to you directly, how can they get in touch with you?
2: Everything about me is at susanwinter.net. Come to my website, look at the coaching packages. You can connect the social media there. It takes you to my YouTube channel, Instagram. And if you're on Clubhouse, hit me up there and follow me and um, see what shows I'm doing.
0: Amazing. And we'll have all of that contact information also on xexperts.com. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Susan. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Love these conversations. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Thanks so much for listening to Divorce, Etc. with the X Experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember, there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes, and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website, filled with free resources, at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.